Welcome back to P.S. Spooky Shiz. I'm your host, Chappie, and in today's episode, we'll be doing a remake of sorts. Now, you guys were never privy to this episode, but a long time ago, I did an episode on selling your soul. Turns out, after I recorded about two hours of audio, you know, I was going through and, like, trying to edit it, and from the very first uh, clip to the very last one, it was completely unusable due to what sounds like, you know, the microphone going out or some kind of feedback. It definitely sounded like the feedback that uh, your computer might get if your phone's about to ring or something like that. But imagine that covering all the words. <laughs> so needless to say, I could not post what became of that recording. Um, it was like going on the entire time uh, while I was talking. So I had to scrap it. And because I put so much effort into the recording of it, I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so I've waited, I don't know, probably half a year, a year maybe. And now I'm going to try it again. So, yeah. So, in today's episode, we'll be getting into the old adage of selling your soul. Whether that's to the devil or to evil men uh, is debatable. But, you know, let's uh, dive into the historical accounts of people selling their souls at the crossroads or even further back an old, uh, I think it's a Catholic priest did one time, a violinist, just off the top of my head are the ones that I'm most excited to get to. But yeah, today's episode will be full of those and kind of finding the spooky in some of these historical myths and some of the historical accuracies. So without further ado, let's jump into the spooky Selling Your Soul stories. All right. So let's go back in time to the mid-1930s and hear all about Robert Johnson selling his soul to the devil. All right, we're going to find this article on The Guardian written by John Lewis. All right, Robert Johnson sells his soul to the devil. The entale of the troubled man making a pact with the devil is a reoccurring motif in Christian mythology. It often seeped into music. Two centuries ago, people believed that the Italian violinist Paganini's power were satanic, but none of these myths have proved quite as enduring as that is of Robert Johnson. The blues man, son, house, a contemporary of Johnson, insisted he is a decent harmonica player, but a terrible guitarist, until he disappeared for a few weeks. Legend has it that Johnson took his guitar to the crossroads of Highway 49 and 61 in Clarksdale, Mississippi, where the devil returned his, retuned his instrument in exchange for his soul. He returned with a formidable technique and a mastery of the blues. The story was initially told by an older bluesman, Tommy Johnson, no relation, but he died in 1956, age 60. It was more hauntingly opposite for Robert Johnson, who died in 1938, aged only 27, after a troubled life and an itinerant career. His only 
recordings made a year before his death still have a spooky quality, even 80 years on. All right, and we'll read more about him in later articles. And I'm pretty sure by the end of his life, he was trying to dispel or trying to, not him, but other people were trying to kind of debunk that he sold his soul. Before we get more into that, let's jump into some lists. I always love my spooky lists. Uh, People like The Ranker or The Lineup or Mashable, BuzzFeed, things like that. I just, I eat that stuff up. It's very easy to consume. All right, so we're at the lineup where they have eight people who allegedly sold their souls to the devil. By Elizabeth Tilstra. All right. Be careful what you wish for. These men and women allegedly signed contracts with Satan to get what they wanted. The deals may have paid off in the short term, but the internal return was far from positive. I think this is that priest, but St. Theophilus of Adena. Many view St. Theophilus of Adena, also known as St. Theophilus the Penitent, as the first man who sold his soul to the devil in exchange for social and political advancement. So the story goes. Theophilus was unanimously elected to become a bishop in the 6th century. He declined the offer out of humility. Another man accepted the position and promptly made Theophilus' life miserable. Regretting this decision, Theophilus summoned a sorcerer who helped contact the devil. The devil was more than happy to rectify the situation, provided that the cleric renounced Christ and the Virgin Mary in a contract spelled out in his own blood. Theophilus accepted the demands, signed off on the pact, and ascended to the title originally offered to him. As the years went by, however, doubt crept in. Theophilus begged forgiveness from the Virgin Mary. He fasted for 40 days after which time the virgin reportedly appeared and rebuked him. Theophilus pleaded for mercy, and she left with the promise that she would talk to God on his behalf. After Theophilus fasted for another 30 days, the Virgin Mary returned with the message that God had pardoned him. Three days later, however, Theophilus awoke to find the bloody contract placed on his chest. Satan refused to relinquish his hold on the cleric's soul. A terrified Theophilus sought counsel from another bishop, who burned the contract and freed him from the infernal pact. Overwhelmed with joy, Theophilus died on the spot, relieved to be free. Two, of course, is our blues man, Robert Johnson. I'm going to read what they have here because some of it's different than the previous article. Robert Johnson was an American blues musician from an early 20th century who, as legend has it, acquired his musical prowess from a midnight deal with the devil. Born in 1911, Johnson grew up in the Mississippi Delta. As a young man, he yearned for musical greatness and one night took his guitar to the crossroads in hopes of conjuring dark forces. The devil appeared and took John's guitar. He played a few songs and then handed it back granting the young musician complete mastery of the instrument. The story thus explained Johnson's extraordinary skill. It also led to rumors that Johnson's drooping eye spoke of an infernal connection and that he turned away from his audience while performing to hide the presence of evil. 
Johnson did little to discourage such tales. If anything, he fanned the flames with lyrics such as, Early this morning when you knocked on my door, and I said, Hello, Satan, I believe it's time to go. In 1938, Johnson died under mysterious circumstances at only age 27. Some say he succumbed to syphilis, others poisoning, whereas others contend it was the devil himself collecting his due. Alright, our famous violinist, Niccolo Paganini. I wish I could have seen this guy play from the way they talk about it. Nearly 150 years before Johnson's Midnight Pact, another musician was accused of bargaining with the devil in exchange for musical greatness. Niccolo Paganini, born in 1782, was an Italian violist, violinist, guitarist, and composer, known for his complex pieces and uncanny musicianship. The virtuoso began performing publicly at age 12, only to collapse under the pressure just four years later. He returned to music scene at the age of 22, performing complex arrangements of his own devising. Several of the compositions were so demanding that Paganini was the only person alive who could properly play them. As word of his talent spread, so did the rumor of his abilities were the results of an unholy pact. Some even said they saw Satan on stage with Paganini, assisting the violinist during concerts. Such claims were so widespread, in fact, that Paganini was denied final rights and a proper burial upon his death. death. It took 36 years after his passing before his body was finally laid to rest in a cemetery in Parma, Italy a great distance from his home in Genoa. Wow. So while I do love these stories about people selling their soul and how creepy that must be, um, waiting for the devil to come and get his due, I also kind of see a superstitious world looking at someone that's probably a prodigy of music or something like that and saying they must have sold their soul to the devil no one is that good. So I do see the hype that could be behind it as well. But let's continue. All right, number four, Giuseppe Tartini. Giuseppe Tartini is another Italian violinist said to have struck a deal with the devil. So the legend goes. A dark figure visited Tartini in a dream one night in 1713. It was the devil offering his services in exchange for the musician's soul. Tartini agreed to the pact, after which the devil scooped up his violin and played the most beautiful song. Upon waking, Tartini grabbed his instrument and desperately tried to recreate the song. The result was Devil's Trill Sonata, which remains one of the most difficult pieces of violin music ever written. Observers who witnessed Tartini play the piece were convinced he must have had otherworldly assistance, to be able to perform it so perfectly. Tartini, however, was never satisfied with the piece. He maintained that it could not hold a candle to the original tune played played in his head by the sinister figure from his dream. Number 5. Urbane Grandier 
Of the souls on this list, Grandier is unique in that his alleged contract with the devil actually exists. Born in 1590, Grandier was a French Catholic priest known for being sexually promiscuous with more than a few nuns. He was also an outspoken critic of the church's stance on celibacy. At some point, several of Grandier's former bedmates accused the priest of witchcraft, claiming he employed dark magic to lead them into temptation. A trial commits, though it resulted in an acquittal. France's chief minister, Cardinal Richelieu, was no fan of Grandier. The priest had published several withering criticisms about him. So Richelieu ordered a second trial. Grandier was arrested and put through torture during his interrogation. The damning evidence, however, came in the form of a document allegedly found among Grandier's belongings. It was a contract, written in Latin and covered in strange symbols, which boasted Grandier's signature and the signatures of several demons, including Satan himself. The bond promised Grandier the love of women, the flower of virgins, the respect of monarchs, honors, lusts, and powers, in exchange for the priest's allegiance. It is unclear if Grandier was forced to sign the document under duress, or if it was completely forged by those angling for his demise. In either case, Grandier was found guilty of fraternizing with Satan and sentenced to death. He was burned at the stake in 1634. Number 6. Brigadier General Jonathan Moulton Jonathan Moulton, born in 1726, was a famed soldier of colonial America, serving in King George's War as well as the French and Indian War. He became one of New England's wealthiest men after his service, which gave way to rumors that the man was in cahoots with the devil. Rumors swirled about that General Moulton had struck a financial deal with Satan in exchange for eternal devotion and retention of his soul. The devil would visit Moulton's home every month and fill his boot with gold. Despite such a handsome sum, General Moulton grew greedy. He cut a hole in the floor above his basement, over which he placed his boot, with a freshly punched hole in the boot's heel. Moulton might have thought himself quite clever, but one should never try to outfox the devil. Upon realizing the scheme, the devil burned down Moulton's house, along with the gold coins. Number 7. Antoine Rose Antoine Rose, the first female on this list, was a woman of the 15th century who confessed, under torture, to regularly meet with the devil. Today, she's credited with our modern-day image of a witch riding a broomstick. Rose, who came to be known as the Witch of Savoy, France, claimed that she had been destitute, in dire need of money. Seeking help from her neighbor, Rose was led to a group of people who convinced her to ask the devil for help. The devil appeared and agreed to assist the struggling woman, so long as she rejected God and worshipped him instead. The devil also gave her a stick, a foot and a half in length, and a small pot of ointment. She was to smear a bit of the ointment on the stick, place the stick between her legs, and say, Go, in the name of the devil, go. In her confession, Rose describes some of the tributes the worshippers paid to the devil, including dancing and feasting and kissing the devil's hindquarters, 
when he appeared in the physical form of a large black dog. Rose also stated that the devil had a low, raspy voice in human form, and she was terrified of him the first time they met. Number 8. Christoph Hazeman Born in 1651 or 52, Johann Christoph Hazeman was a painter who allegedly sold his soul to the devil after the death of his parent. In exchange for relief from poverty and depression, Hazeman agreed to be the earthly son of the devil for nine years. Afterwards, Hazeman's body and soul would pass into the devil's hands. Hazeman claimed that he signed two documents confirming the pact, one penned in ink and the other in his own blood. As the due date approached, the painter grew worried. In 1677, he sought help from a Catholic priest who performed an exorcism on the man. The ritual soothed Hazeman's troubled mind. He had a vision in which he successfully retrieved the pact penned in blood. Soon thereafter, Hazeman sought to annul the ink-written contract. He secured a second exorcism in 1678, which succeeded in calming his nerves. Hazeman continued to paint after the exorcisms, creating several pieces that depicted his encounters with the devil. Such works illustrated Hazeman's journal entries that described his infernal visions. Toward the end of his life, Hazeman joined the Br Brothers Hospitallers of St. John of God. He died in 1700. It was said that Hazeman was frequently visited by the devil and other demonic beings who tried to tempt him away from his newfound life of piety. So again, a lot of this is being called Christian mythology. So in some of the cases, even the historical cases that we'll cover today, try and keep that in mind. Like try to look at it both from, oh my gosh, that's spooky, that that really happened. But also, is this being looked at through a Christian society lens? <laughs> and were they actually just people that got a bad reputation? Because how could they be that good at something? You know, so just keep that both in your mind while we read these. All right, let's take a little break and get right back into the stories. All right, we're going to pick back up with WandersList.com, where they have an article about people who sold their soul to Satan. All right, this is by Muqtadir Islam. Have you ever heard the term, the deal with the devil? If you didn't, then no problem. In this list, we're going to talk about it. The deal with the devil is also called a Faustian bargain or a Mephistophelian bargain. According to traditional Christian belief about witchcraft, the pact is between a person and Satan, or a lesser demon. The person offers their soul in exchange for favors from Satan. Those favors vary by the tale, but tend to include fame, power, youth, knowledge, or wealth. It was usually thought that the person who made the deal with the devil also promised the devil to kill children or to consecrate them to the devil at the moment of birth. The contract can be either oral or written. So far, we know that people love to sell their soul to the devil to be rich and famous. But 
which ones were the best? In today's list, we will walk. We will talk about the top ten people who sold their soul to the devil. All right. First on many of these lists, and as we've already covered, was Robert Johnson, the blues man. All right. Then there's our violinist. But here's one that we haven't read yet. Pope Sylvester II. Pope Sylvester, also known as Gerbert of Arillac, was a French-born scholar and teacher who served as the Bishop of Rome and ruled the Papal States from 999 to his death. He was one of the most learned men of his time. He was well-versed in mathematics, astronomy, and mechanics. Also, he is credited with inventing the hydraulic organ, the pendulum clock, and including Arabic numerals to Western Europe, or introducing Arabic numerals. He also wrote books on music, theology, philosophy, and mathematics. After his death, rumors began to start that his great intelligence resulted from a pact with the devil. This was most likely due to his regular contact with great scientific minds in the Arab world and his brave attempt to root out simony in the church. So they're talking like the 15th century and the 1700s, but here's one from today's generation. Surprisingly, Christian Bale. Christian Bale is one of the greatest actors of our generation. How does he do it? Well, I'm starting to see a pattern here. Back in the day, people used to say the best people must have sold their soul to the devil to become great. But how else could they do it? Nowadays, if you become rich and famous, you're part of the Illuminati, right? Which, worshipping the devil. I mean, it's the only logical answer. It's not like people work hard and can achieve things like no other person ever could. There's no way that these rumors could be coming from people who haven't accomplished anything of substance, looking at people above them and then creating insane dialogue so they can cope with their inadequacies. No, that can never be the case. But in the case of Christian Bale, he did thank the devil in one of his Golden Globe speeches. I think he was probably trying to stir the pot because he knows that people will freak out if he says something like that. Or maybe the guy does believe in the devil. I don't know. Many celebrities know of this adage, and they also know how to poke fun at it. Um, I believe it was Aubrey Plaza <laughs> that accepted an award and said, I would like to thank the Dark Lord. <laughs> and Chris Pratt was like, not the devil stuff. Don't do the devil stuff. It was hilarious. So you got to take, again, all of these with a grain of salt. But let's keep going. Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa. Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa von Nesheim was born the 14th day of September, 1486. Agrippa was a magician, German polymath, physician, legal scholar, soldier, theologian, and occult writer. He is one of the most influential occultists of the early modern period. He was the leader in feminist rights and often defended people, or women specifically, accused of witchcraft. In the year 1535, he was sentenced to death, but somehow he managed to escape, and on his way home, he fell ill and died. After Agrippa's death, rumors were flying in the sky about having summoned demons. In the most famous of these, Agrippa, upon his deathbed, released a black dog that had been his familiar, 
This black dog resurfaced in various legends about Faustus and the Goth version, becoming the Swartzpudel, Mephistopheles. I have no idea what that last sentence meant. But I think our next person's going to explain some of it because this is Johann George Faust. And I keep hearing Faustian bargain. Faust. You know, I'm like, who is this Faust person? All right. Johann George Faust, also known as John Faustus, was an itinerant German alchemist, astrologer, and, magi and magician of the German Renaissance. Legend says that how Faust always wanted to live a life full of pleasure. For this reason, he learned how to summon the devil. Having done so, he made a deal with him for his soul in return for 24 years of service from Satan. Unfortunately, after 16 years, he wanted to withdraw his soul and cancel the deal. The consequences of this attempt to cancel the agreement, the devil brutally murdered him. Wow. Alright. Of course, this list is just for entertainment. I don't have any intentions to inspire you to sell your soul to the devil or involve witchcraft. And this list only contains rumors, no running proofs. So please don't take it too seriously. Alright. Ranker. I'm wondering if we covered all of the ones that will be on this list. So let me look at it. This article is 13 Famous Historical Figures Who Allegedly Sold Their Souls to the Devil by Jonathan Sherman. Okay, this one's new. Led Zeppelin. Let's see how they sold their soul. The rock and roll genre has long been rumored to be under demonic influence. As such, it's no shock that one of the most successful rock bands in history has been rumored to make deals with the devil. Guitarist Jimmy Page, known as one of the greatest guitarists of all time, stated, My interest in the occult started when I was 15. I do not worship the devil, but magic does intrigue me. Magic of all kinds. I read magic in theory and practice when I was about 11 years old, but it wasn't for some years that I understood what it was all about. Page even had occultist Aleister Crowley's words, Do what that will inscribed into the grooves of the original uh, three vinyl, and later went on to purchase Crowley's old house. Though Page denies any demonic involvement of his own, he seems to believe that Zeppelin frontman Robert Plant was visited by a possibly satanic power when he created the beloved track Stairway to Heaven. In an interview, Page said, Robert was sitting in the corner, or rather leaning against the wall, and as I was retuning the rest of the band with the idea and this piece he was writing, he was just writing. And all of a sudden he got up and started singing along with another run through. And he must have had 80% of the words there. Plant corroborated Paige's account. My hand was writing out words. There's a lady is sure sick. All that glitters is gold. She's buying a stairway to heaven. I just sat there and looked at them and almost leapt out of my seat. Perhaps the fact that Plant didn't actually write the words to Stairway explain why fans have discovered satanic messages when playing the Fort album backwards. For example, Oh, here's to my sweet Satan, the one 
whose little path made me sad, whose power is Satan. He'll give those with him 666 and all those fools who made us suffer, sad Satan. And then it just ends about them. I want them to tell me more. <laughs> tell me how the soccer moms liked finding that hidden message. Please tell me. All right. Let's see. I haven't seen this name before. Gillis de Raiz. The 15th century aristocrat Gilles de Raiz was left with a massive amounts of wealth and power in his youth upon his father's passing. Despite these advantages, he had no one to teach him how to care for them properly, and he quickly squandered his family's assets. In a desperate attempt to regain his lost fortune, he began to experiment with the occult under the direction of Antonio Francisco Prelati, a former priest who assured him he would regain his wealth if he sacrificed children to a demon named Baron. After the alleged deal, Gilles de Reyes embarked on a violent spree, killing and torturing anywhere between 80 and 200 children. He was later caught, tried, and found guilty of his countless crimes, and then he was executed in 1440. Some of this is community superstition, and then some is the actual person superstition. Because um, if they didn't believe in that to begin with, they no one could have convinced them to do any of that heinous stuff. All right. Uh, this is a more modern one. Bob Dylan. In a 2004 interview, famed musician Bob Dylan cryptically explained that he owes his success to a years-old deal interviewer why are you still out here dylan it goes back to that destiny thing i made a bargain with it you know a long time ago and i'm holding up my end interviewer what was your bargain dylan to get where i am now interviewer should i ask who you made the bargain with dylan with the chief commander interviewer on this earth interviewer in this earth and in the world we can't see or I think that was Dylan, that last part. In the same interview, Dylan's first in 19 years, he said, those early songs are almost magically written. Here's another one about jo Johann George Faust, and I kind of want to read it just because it looks like it's a little bit different than the one we read before. So Faust allegedly made a deal with the devil, represented by a lesser demon, Mephistopheles, for his soul in re return for 24 years of service from Mistopheles himself. While the deal was for the demon to fulfill every lust in Faust's heart, all granted wishes eventually end, let's see, all the granted wishes eventually end horribly. And after 16 years, Faust regrets his deal and asks to withdraw. The end of this tale differs depending on the version that you hear. In some, angels save Faust and bring him to heaven despite his deal. In others, Mephistopheles carries him off to hell to be tormented eternally. Okay, I feel like that summarization explains it better than the former one. <laughs> Alright, so now I understand what kind of they're talking about when they talk about Faust. I do think it's really cool though that they they said that part in here that all the granted wishes eventually end horribly. That's like, uh, I've seen a horror movie like that where people make a wish to this box and then 
horrible things happen because of the wish. It's like you almost regret making the wish. So, yeah, I guess that story is as old as time. This one should come as no surprise to anyone, but Ozzy Osbourne. So, Black Sabbath frontman Ozzy Osbourne is so notorious for his connections to the occult that his nickname Ozzy, Prince of Darkness, was even made the name of his solo studio album. Osborne's personal connection to the devil is well documented, as he has been open about it throughout his career. In a 1984 issue of Hit Parader, Osborne said, I really wish I knew why I've done some of the things I've done over the years. Sometimes I think that I'm possessed by some outside spirit. A few years ago, I was convinced of that. I thought I truly was possessed by the devil. I remember sitting through The Exorcist a dozen times saying to myself, yeah, I can relate to that. In another issue, he stated, I don't know if I'm a medium for some outside source. Whatever it is, frankly, I hope it's not what I think, which is Satan. He also practically admitted that he made a deal himself, saying, I already have. Well, you sell your soul to the devil when you do something yourself that you shouldn't. And I already have. I fucking lived my life to the fullest. If there's an afterlife, I got a good spot in the furnace, you know? World famous rapper Jay-Z has battled connections to the Illuminati, an infamous secret society allegedly possessing unknowable power. Throughout much of his career, this is partly due to the fact that Jay-Z has referenced the devil in his music multiple times, including one song simply named Lucifer. His music videos are also filled with seemingly occultist symbolism and imagery, including Jay-Z wearing clothes with famous satanic phrase, Do what thou wilt. Some of his past merchandise has also been decorated with a satanic pentagram and the all-seeing eye. Even hip-hop artist MC Hammer believes Jay-Z made a Faustian bargain. There is a lot of Christian uh, articles and blogs out here that go into specific uh, who from today's world or today's society, celebs and stuff, have made a deal with the devil. And I may get to that towards the end. As long as you know <laughs> to take everything with a grain of salt because we're not breaking out the pitchforks. It's uh, 2023, and we have bigger things to worry about. All right, so let's go over to top10s.net, where they have an article, 10 People Who Made a Deal with the Devil, by Radu Alexander. All right, number 10, The Flying Dutchman. Many of you have heard the story of The Flying Dutchman, the notorious ghost ship that is condemned to sail the seas forever, never able to make port, never able to make port, acting as a harbinger of doom for all those who see it. The origins of this lesson or of this legend are a bit murky, although it's generally accepted that it appeared sometime during the 17th century when the Dutch Empire was a global maritime power. But was there ever an actual flying Dutchman? Several candidates have put forward, but one version of the story tells us of Bernard Folk, a Dutch captain who was renowned for otherworldly speed on his voyages between Europe and the Dutch East Indies. 
This led people to believe that folk was in league with the devil. So when the captain's ship never returned from one voyage, everyone assumed that the devil claimed his due. And now folk and his crew are on the damned, or his crew of the damned would sail the seas forever. Although mostly forgotten today, 19th century French composer Philippe Moussard was instrumental in popularizing classical music by bringing it to the masses. His idea was that such musical performances should not be constrained to theaters or operas, available mainly to the upper classes. Consequently, he started staging promenade concerts, which took place in open areas, wide open areas, and were accessible for cheap. The composer himself, Moussard's musical lineup usually consisted of his own works mixed in with famous and popular themes from other composers. The music was accompanied by frenetic dances such as gallops, quadrilles, and of course the can-can. Moussard's performances proved wildly popular to the lower classes, and his shows became the scene of the biggest parties in Paris. But of course, not everyone was happy with such debauched entertainment. And rumors soon appeared that the composer was in league with the devil and that it was trying to corrupt the good people of Paris into a life of sin. James VI and I of Scotland in England had a bit of an obsession with witchcraft and black magic and even wrote his own dissertation on necromancy called the Demologue. In 1589, his wife Anne of Denmark was endangered by a storm at sea. The king became convinced that these contrary winds were the result of witchcraft. Consequently, the number and intensity of witch trials increased significantly after the late 16th, early 17th century. Most notorious of these were the North Berwick trials, which stretched over two years and led to over 70 people being accused of witchcraft. Two of them were seen as ringleaders. One was a healer named Agnes Sampson, who confessed to over 50 charges of witchcraft, while the other was a local schoolmaster named John Fian, who admitted to making a pact with the devil and then acting as register and scholar to many budding witch witches in the region. Both confessions were, of course, obtained under extreme torture, and both people were later executed for their deeds. The name Frankenstein needs no introduction, but in this particular case, we're not talking about Mary Shelley's iconic creature, but rather the actual castle Frankenstein and the real mad scientist who lurked inside. His name was jo Johann Conrad de Pell, and he lived in Castle Frankenstein during the late 17th and early 18th century. Although he started out as a theologian, de Pell ultimately developed an obsession with alchemy. It is said that he tried to develop the elixir of life and even worked with cadavers in order to practice soul transference. Tales of his experiments shocked and terrified the local villagers, but even his peers were put off by Depel and his work. His contemporary and former friend, Emmanuel Swedenborg, decried him as a most vile devil who attempted wicked things. For Depel, nothing was off limits, so it comes as no surprise that people believed he ultimately sold his soul to the devil in pursuit of the most arcane knowledge. But this has some more about the Faustian bargain. So, 
A Faustian bargain is defined as a deal where a person is willing to trade something of supreme moral or spiritual importance in exchange for material benefits or possessions. It is derived from the German legend of Faust, the scholar who sold his soul to the devil in exchange for unlimited worldly knowledge and pleasures. Despite being over 400 years old, the tale is still well known thanks to to many movies, literary, and musical adaptations. Right. Very cool article. All right, let's uh, take a break and get back into it after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, jumping into an article, uh, calling out one specific person, it's at fuelrocks.com. We have an article, Did Jimi Hendrix Really Sell His Soul to the Devil? Examining the Facts and the Folklore. Right, it's by Eric. Throughout his short but influential career, Legendary guitarist Jimi Hendrix has been the subject of a number of mysterious stories and rumors. One of the most enduring of these is the notion that Hendrix sold his soul to the devil in exchange for his incredible musical prowess. Though the claim is often dismissed as little more than urban legend, the story of Hendrix's alleged pact with the devil has continued to captivate and inspire many fans of his work. It looks like he died... At the young age of 25, the official cause of death was determined to be asphyxiation due to inhalation of vomit after ingesting an excessive amounts of drugs and alcohol. His death was ruled an an accident, although the amount of drugs and alcohol in his system was so high, it was hard to imagine that was the result of anything but intentional. While his life was far too short, his influence on music will never be forgotten. Alright, so we're going over to History Collection where they have an article, 18 people who allegedly sold their soul to pure evil. Throughout history, many famous people have claimed that they can give thanks to all their success because they made a deal with the devil. This comes from the fact that some people believe that if you promise Satan himself that he can have your soul rotting in hell after you die, it's possible to get whatever your heart desires while you're still alive. However, in some cases, these stories of these satanic packs are just a rumor. It is important to keep in mind that many of these people who are accused of making a deal with the devil probably didn't actually do it, and jealous rivals wanted to tarnish their reputations. In these stories from history, we'll sift through the facts and the fiction of people who sold their soul to the big guy downstairs. Aleister Crowley Aleister Crowley is famously known for being the leader of an occult group. He was raised by parents who were Quakers and began to reject the teachings of the Bible. His mother was very strict and called him a devil, accusing him of worshipping Satan. 
Because of this, he began calling himself the Beast and the Antichrist. He was quoted saying that God and Satan fought over his soul. He wrote in one of his books, I was in the death struggle with self. God and Satan fought for my soul on those three long hours. God conquered. Now I only have one doubt left. Which of the two was God? However, if you actually look at Aleister Crowley's teaching of what he truly believed, he defined satanic behavior in the way that Quakers would. The Quakers believed that any selfish thought or aspiration outside of God were considered to be satanic. By that definition, a very ambitious scientist would be satanic as well. In his group, Crowley phrase, Crowley's phrase was, do what thou wilt, as in, do whatever you want with your own life. He encouraged people to do yoga, meditate, and focus on their goals and intentions while having sex. Number 13, Jack Parsons. Jack Parsons was born just a few years after the Wright brothers flew their first airplane, and he grew up reading sci-fi stories about rocket ships talk, taking people to space. He tried to summon the devil when he was just 13 years old because he planned on selling his soul in exchange for a real-life rocket ship. It didn't actually work, of course, but he continued to study science as he grew older and tried to create a rocket engine that was powerful enough to go through Earth's atmosphere. In his 20s, he got involved with Aleister Crowley and his occult teachings, which, as we mentioned earlier, some people considered to be satanic. Parsons attempted a huge spell called the Babylon Working, where he tried to summon a goddess named Babylon that would help men go to the moon someday. Technically, it worked. Jack Parsons succeeded and invented jet fuel, which is used by NASA today. Did he actually sell his soul to the devil? when he offered it up at 13 and that is the actual reason why he succeeded and changed life as we know it that all depends on what you believe led zeppelin's guitarist jimmy page was very interested in alistair crowley and his occult teachings about selfishly focusing your attention on what you want out of life he was such a big fan in fact he purchased crowley's former home in loch ness scotland Page believed that the house was haunted. He told the stories about how people have died in that house and explained the strange sounds he often heard when he stayed there. This led a lot of people believing that he must have had his soul, must have sold his soul to the devil, like a lot of famous musicians throughout the ages. People began to spread rumors if Jimmy Page was a Satanist, then the entire band of Led Zeppelin was too. This started the myth that if you play Stay stairway to heaven backwards you will hear demonic voices speaking in the 1500s john finn was a young man who, who became a scottish schoolmaster just outside of edinburgh he was a bit of a genius earning a doctorate degree while he was still in his early 20s the only problem was that he spent so much time reading books he didn't know how to court a lady he met one of his students older sisters and he was very attracted to her he bribed the boy to bring him three of his sister's hairs and tried to cast a love spell on the young woman. The boy gave him the hair of their family cow instead. The next morning, the cow burst through the door of the schoolhouse and jumped into his lap, licking and cuddling up against him. The cow continued to follow him around town wherever he went. The local authorities spotted this strange behavior and brought Fian in for questioning. 
They tortured him by twisting his legs and neck with a rope until he confessed that he got his magic powers from the devil. After getting a confession from Fian, they demanded that he write down the names of other people in the town that were witches too. He did not write down any names and fell asleep. When he woke up, he told the guards the devil appeared in his dreams and said how displeased he was. If he confessed the other names, he would die. That night, Fian managed to escape out of prison. When he was caught again, he said that he lied about working with the devil because they tortured a confession out of him. After this, they tortured him again, breaking all of his limbs so that he was completely paralyzed. Then they burned him in a fire. Again, such abrupt endings for these people. And which is in uh, quotation marks. Even if you don't consider yourself a history buff, it almost goes without saying that the famous so-called witches of Salem, Massachusetts were accused of being in cahoots with the devil. The citizens of Salem believed that the devil gave those people supernatural powers and that they performed satanic rituals in the woods. Of course, it was later discovered that the confession that started it all was a lie and innocent people were killed as a result. This article is from Wattpad and it's called The Weekend Sold His Soul to the Devil by Alo Harry. To start in 2015, The Weeknd released his second audio album, Beauty Behind the Madness. The album featured song, the songs often, The Hills, Tell Your Friends, and Can't Feel My Face. After the album was released, The Weeknd released a series of music videos for the songs, and when put all together, it makes a story. The story starts with The Hills. The Weeknd gets in a car crash, and while he's walking away from the crash, he comes to a house and starts looking around, and he later goes to a red room where he meets the devil. The next encounter with him doesn't happen until the Can't Feel My Face music video. The Weeknd is performing at a club, and the crowd is not feeling him at all. They start throwing stuff at him, looking at him in disgust, and then the devil appears in the club and is kind of fed up with The Weeknd embarrassing himself, so he throws a lighter at him, making him catch on fire on stage with the crowd. After the performance, The Weeknd leaves the club and is still engulfed with flames, which leads to the next music video, Often. In the music video, Often, The Weeknd is laid up smoking in a loft surrounded with women. He also happens to be wearing his labels jacket, meaning the results from the devil making him catch on fire is the club led him to further success and making of his music label. The devil's face is never shown, but can be seen bringing the, the Weeknd champagne glasses in a bottle. The next music video for Tell Your Friends starts off with a burning bush and The Weeknd hurriedly shows himself, hurrying himself to show that he is getting rid of his old life and starting on this newly acquired fame. If you're familiar with the Bible, you will remember that Moses saw the burning bush and that's when Moses spoke to God and led the Israelites out of Egypt. Later in the video, he meets the devil and kills him, showing that the deal with him is done and that he doesn't want to be a part of him anymore because he recently encountered the burning bush, which was supposedly God. Now, that takes us to The Weeknd's third album, Starboy, released in 2016. In the beginning of the music video for Starboy, a man has a week The Weeknd tied up and suffocated him with a bag. The man is later revealed as The Weeknd, so there's two of them now. He was killing off his old self, which was affiliated with the devil. The Weeknd is seen rocking a new hairstyle and wearing a cross, which if you know the weekend, he never showed any sign of religion before this. 
Later in the music video, he finds a red cross and uses it to smash all awards he got from Beauty Behind the Madness because he earned them through the devil. And that takes on, then takes on the name Starboy, which is the new devil-free version of himself. So to summarize, The weekend found God, and he encountered the burning bush, and killed the devil, and got rid of all the awards he accomplished. But wait, there's more. The weekend killed the devil. But did you ever take the time to think that the devil can't be killed? He tried to kill the devil to acquire his status because he wasn't satisfied with what he had, which brings us back to the Starboy video. After killing the devil and tell your friends, his wealth increased drastically as he has had several as he has several luxury cars now, which is what the whole song Starboy is about, him bragging about what he has because he's a MF Starboy now. As a result from trying to kill the devil, I said trying because the devil can't be killed. The weekend loses all his wealth, which brings us to the next video from Starboy album, False Alarm. The music video is show from the first person view from the weekend who is now robbing a bank because of him losing all his wealth later in the music video a violent car crash occurs where the weekend once again kills himself while holding onto a cross sounds familiar right remember the hills music video when the weekend first encountered the devil after a violent car crash history repeats itself because he sold his soul and selling your soul is not refundable he's is sent to a deeper part of hell, which takes us to our next music video for the song Party Monster. The weekend arrives in a mysterious place, hell, driving a red car. The music video features fire, upside down crosses, cannibalism, and basically a lot of sinning. But one thing that sticks out is how everyone has one eye glowing, which is similar to the one of the pictures The Weeknd took for his album photo shoot, the one eye is symbolic for the Illuminati. So just when The Weeknd thought he finessed the devil, he actually dug himself deeper. Also, The Weeknd's physical copy of Starboy, it displays three rows of sixes. Weeknd also foreshadows the devil's return to his life, as you see in the painting, A Star Falling from the Sky. The star falling in the sky just around the time the sun is coming up, represents the morning star, a.k.a. the devil. There's also the word Satan spelled across his screen while performing Reminder at his concert. Alright, so we go over to Ancient Pages, where they have an article, Pan Twardowski, the man who sold his soul to the devil in exchange for special powers. There are stories about people who will do anything to gain special powers in folklore, myths, and legends. Those who sell their soul to the devil in reward for something special often meet a tragic fate. This was the case with the sorcerer and mag magician Pan Twardowski, who made a pact with dark forces, which he later regretted. Pan Twardowski, which means Mr. Twardowski in Polish, is a person one can read about in Polish folklore books. There are several versions of Pan Twardowski's tale, and scholars suggest his story bears a striking resemblance to the German story of Faust. Those familiar with the tragic Faust play, written by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, will remember the man's desire to acquire knowledge. Feeling despair over his life, Faust summoned spirits and his journey with the devil got him in unexpected trouble. Feeling disappointed in what natural science had to offer, 
Faust turned to magical means to understand the secrets of nature and the universe. The story about Pan Twardowski is similar. Like Faust, Pan Twardowski begins with summoning a spirit. Pan, who, according to an old legend, was a nobleman living in the Polish city of Krakow in the 16th century, comes in contact with the spirit of the Polish king Sigismund Augustus' deceased wife. The Polish sorcerer thinks the devil can grant him special powers. He also feels that he is clever enough to fool the master of darkness. Being cunning, he includes a special clause in the contract, stating that the devil could only take Twardowski's soul to hell during his visit to Rome. He does not tell the devil that this is the place the sorcerer never intends to go. As Pan Twardowski's contract with the devil reaches new proportions, the Lord of Darkness grants the knowledge seeker aid to become rich and famous. Later, Pan Twardowski is even given the opportunity to be a courtier of King Sig Sigismund Augustus, who sought consultation in magic and astrology after the death of his beloved wife, Barbara Rezawil. Using a magic mirror and a book written by the devil, he successfully sums up the ghost of the late queen to comfort the grieving king. Pan Twardowski also manages to avoid his fate for several years. However, on one occasion, realizes the devil cannot be fooled forever. One day, the devil catches the sorcerer in an inn and demands the sor sorcerer to fulfill his obligations. Pan Twardowski starts praying to the Virgin Mary, but it is too late. Both the devil and Pan ended up in hell. There are also older legends that tell Pan Twardowski fell on the moon where he still resides. Spirit communication was common among scholars long ago. During the Renaissance, many became interested in magic and mysticism. Science was in its early stage, and curious minds sought answers to big questions in spiritual science. The Renaissance was a time when scientists made great advances in the fields of geography, astronomy, chemistry, physics, mathematics, manufacturing, anatomy, and engineering. Near the end of the Renaissance, the scientific revolution began. And before this could happen, people turned to magic and occult forces that they accepted parts of early that became accepted parts of early modern science. Relying on magic was only natural to early Renaissance scientists. For like example, Paracelsus, who died in 1541, a German a Swiss German botanist, philosopher, astrologer, alchemist, and one of the most influential medical scientists of modern Europe. Prophecies were appreciated by royals. French Queen Catherine de Medici, for example, supported Nostradamus. One curious story reflecting a mixture of Christian and pagan elements deals with the story of Simunder Sigfusion tricked the devil, but not just once, but three times. Each time, he used different trick, making the devil confused. Folklore stories mixed the devil's encounter with humans are pretty common, and many of them were meant to warn not to become too interested in dark forces. Alright, very cool. Alright, let's keep going.
All right. This one is called, well, it's from ABC News, but it's called Sympathy for the Devil, Dead Rock Stars Sell Their Souls by Susan Donaldson James. In the booming energy drink business, one newcomer promises to help clear the purple haze around your brain. Liquid Energy will carry that iconic image of Jimi Hendrix, who died of a drug overdose after a short-lived, rock-studded career. The non-alcoholic drink, produced by New Zealand-based beverage concepts and due to hit the market in April, is just one of many projects products from cars to baby clothing that are capitalizing on the star power of aging or dead rockers. Right. Nope. Do, 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 do. Apparently, there's a lot of books out there that, like, in the title, it'll say, like, celebrities who sold their souls to the devil for fame, like, and then they name all these different modern-day artists. <laughs> so, don't know if that has any credence to it. There's books written about it. All right. Four Famous People Who Made a Deal with the Devil, One Soul in Exchange for Fame and Fortune by Brian Eng. This comes from sci-fi.com. Oliver Cromwell. The 17th century political leader is thought to have made a deal with the devil in return for a rise to power and unequaled success on the battlefield. On the night that he died, a huge storm swept across the country. Many believe this was the devil coming to claim Cromwell's soul. All right, this is from john15.rocks. And the article is called Singer Celebrities Who May Have Sold Their Soul to Satan to Be Famous. Beyonce and Her Alleged Connection with Extreme Witchcraft. Beyonce's frequent sensuality and black arts are evident in her music videos. In 2018, her former drummer Kimberly Thompson accused her of extreme witchcraft, says in an article in Newsweek. In 2018, Nicki Minaj is dressed as the devil at the Met Gala. I wanted to make sure the bad guy was there, or was here, Minaj said on E! News. Nikki admitted Madonna had a significant influence on her music. We go over to Chillopedia, where they have an article of 15 celebrities accused of worshipping Satan. The world always finds a way to allege successful people of numerous lies and exaggerations as their actual reason behind impressive accomplishments. Among those ways, Satan worship, or Satanism to be precise, is the trendiest one on social media these days. From politicians to musicians, they are accused of selling their souls to the devil in exchange for uncanny talents and endless fame. Following are 15 celebrities accused of worshiping Satan. Number 15, Marilyn Manson. Starting with the most obvious one, Marilyn Manson is a pioneer of alternative metal and shock rock. Despite all the negativity and controversy surrounding the self-proclaimed Antichrist superstar, the musician has a ton of fans around the globe. Number 14, Barack Obama? 
surprised by that one. Due to his dedication and hard work, Barack Obama was able to slap the face of every single racist stereotype by becoming the first ever African-American president of the United States of America. At least that's what the majority of the world believes. Whereas conspiracy theorists argue that Obama is nothing more than a puppet who does everything that the devil tells him to. His frequent devil horns gesture has convinced many people that the president is a practitioner of Freemasonry. I gotta look into Freemasonry. Speaking of breaking racism stereotypes, the white boy from Detroit faced immense bullying once he decided to launch his career as a rapper. In a couple of years, Eminem became the greatest rapper alive today. So how did this white musician become the puppet or the master of the genre dominated by black artists? By selling his soul to the devil, of course. The rapper has frequently referenced Satan in his lyrics as hints and codes raising the eyebrows of conspiracy theorists everywhere. So I didn't hear that he sold his soul to the devil, but I did hear about him being a part of the Illuminati and how they always talk about Mr. Rain Man in their songs. And multiple artists talk about Mr. Rain Man. And it's like, who is Mr. Rain Man that they keep talking about? And why do they put it in their lyrics? The wife of Jay-Z is not far behind when it comes to numerous celebrities who employ satanic symbology to make everyone believe she worships the devil just like any other celebrity who has reached the top of their game. The accusers have a hard time believing that her singing talent has anything to do with her immensely rich commercial success, winning numerous awards and producing one hit song after another. Over the years, the accusations of being a devil worshiper have never left Rihanna in peace. Due to several one-eyed images, satanic gestures and demonic descriptions, and even allegations of backmasking in her music, it seems that Rihanna will forever be known for selling her soul to the devil. During her interview with Hot 97, the Barbadian singer sarcastically admitted that she worships the devil, but later clarified that she was joking. Nevertheless, conspiracy theories consider it a confession of the truth. I find it interesting that they're accused of worshiping the devil, and in some of their belief systems, they don't even recognize the existence of, de of the devil. Go watch Disturbia, the music video. As a Christian high schooler, that music video frightened me so bad, because I was like, it's like watching a bunch of possessed people. <laughs> the magic of Michael Jackson might never have been replicated by any other artist. He danced and sang as if his life depended on it, and always left an audience wanting more. Destined for greatness ever since, he started his career as a child with his siblings, collectively known as the Jackson 5. Everyone knew there was something special about him. Taking a closer look at the music videos of Jackson, several images and weird symbols can be observed, which can make one convinced of the possibility that the musician was part of the Illuminati conspiracy and glorified the devil in terms of art. Seeing is not always believing, and that is where the former president of the United States of America comes in. Constantly appearing in public while exhibiting the devil's horn gesture, experts have concluded that George W. Bush worships Satan. Whether or not Bush is an actual Satan worshiper, conspiracy theorists have made up their minds. As a matter of fact, they probably believe the Spider-Man worships the devil every time he slings a web. As the heart of the Beatles, John Lennon took the concept of backmasking to a whole new level as the album Revolver was filled with subliminal messages. Furthermore, it alleged that Lennon could understand and speak reversed English language.
Author Joseph Nisgoda revealed in his book The Lennon Prophecy, a new examination of the death clues of the Beatles, that the musician had made a pact with the devil himself in exchange for eminence, but paid the price by an early death. Number four, Paul McCartney. The bass guitarist of the Beatles is not too far behind when it comes to devil worship, but what makes things eerie is the idea that Paul McCartney was brought back to life by satanic rituals. There has been a consistent rumor that the real McCartney died in a car accident in 1966 and was replaced by a lookalike, but conspiracy theories have used that gossip to come up with the devilish rumors of their own. Don't get me started on the conspiracy theory that Hollywood clones people. <laughs> and there's all these people out there saying that they, they will replace you. If you don't fall in line, they will replace you. Um, and that time that Britney like changed her name to like clone 347 or something like that uh, back in the day. And it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Lady Gaga is second to none when it comes to popularity of modern day musicians. As far as her music is concerned, it's not even it will not even take a patient from a mental asylum to recognize the demonic agenda hidden inside her music videos and live performances. When it comes to celebrities accused of practicing Satanism, Lady Gaga might be the real deal, considering the fact that she left a bathtub full of blood in a London hotel. Furthermore, the pop artist once sarcastically admitted to worshipping the devil on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and then there's Madonna. There's not any other celebrity more linked to accusations of devil worship than the Queen of Pop, Madonna. Not a stranger to controversy, Madonna's performances have frequently included occult symbols, mocking of religion, strange duets with young starlets, which have been considered an act of passing the torch. As a practitioner of Kabbalah, Madonna has described herself as a big believer in ritualistic behavior. Perhaps her most alarming performance occurred in 2012 Super Bowl, in which she wore a Baphomet costume and exuded a creepy musical encounter with Nicki Minaj. After 50 year, above 50 years of age, the secret behind her young looks has often been attributed to satanic worship. True or not, it would be a surprise if Madonna actually turns out to be a worshiper of the devil. This is from Ripples, Nigeria. Celebgist. Celebrities sell their souls for fame. Gov's son weds Snapchat lover. More inside. This is written in 2021. Maven's artiste, Corede Bello, reveals celebrities do sell their souls for fame. Maven's record singer, Corede Bello, has revealed the desperate route most celebrities take to achieve fame and success. According to the singer, several celebrities have sold their souls in exchange for fame. Corede Bello made this claim on Twitter on September 21st. He tweeted, The price of fame is an, at an all-time high. Souls being sold out there. Alright, so if we are going to work look at a christian perspective let's look at this article i found from denoffaith.wordpress.com and it's celebrities who admitted selling their souls to the devil i'm gonna skip over uh some of the sermon that they're talking about how jesus has power over demons and stuff like that um 
And we'll just get to the names. Angelina Jolie. In a 2016, or in 2016, a secret tape of 23-year-old Angelina Jolie confessing to an alleged Illuminati ritual she attended in 1999 surfaced on YouTube. The tape was secretly recording Jolie in a private conversation with close friends. At the beginning of the video, Jolie is telling her friends that she wanted to encourage different types of celebrities to join the initiation, but a lot of them misunderstand it as S&M, or sadism and masochism combined, and think it's all superficial. Then Jolie details what she went through. During the ritual, celebrities are tied up, forced to have sex, and tortured by other members. She proceeded to explain that she got tattoos after the ritual and had to kill a snake as a sacrifice. I'm a slave for you singer. Britney Spears opened up in an issue of InStyle magazine and talked about how the media is hard on celebrities who are pregnant. She said, I feel it's cruel how the world puts such, so much emphasis on our looks. I was just watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians and I would see Kim and what she meant, went through when she was pregnant. The tabloids were so mean to her because she was so big. That should be a time in your life when your body is the most treasured. But in this business, you make a deal with the devil, I've learned you kind of have to go with it. What do I call for me to look good? People expect that I kind of take it as part of my job. In one interview, Katy Perry was asked about releasing a CD 10 years before she made it big in Hollywood as a singer. Her response was shockingly direct. You're doing really well now, but didn't you release a CD almost 10 years ago? Yeah, I released a gospel record when I was 15 because I grew up in a household where all I ever did was sing the gospel music. And my parents were both traveling ministers, so I kind of sang about what was going on in my life at 15. And that's how I got introduced to the music industry. I swear, I wanted to be like Amy Grant of music. But it didn't work out, and so I sold my soul to the devil. An article reports that pop superstar Lady Gaga has opened, openly spoken about her link with the Illuminati, saying, I deeply regret selling my soul to the dark forces of Illuminati organization. She allegedly blames her fibromyalgia syndrome on dark forces manifesting in her body when she sold her soul to the secret organization. In her documentary titled Gaga, 5'2", the Judas singer allegedly narrows narrated how she was inducted into the secret society by selling her soul to the devil. According to the report, this happened in 2006, after her burlesque show performance at a club in the Lower East Side in New York. She was said to have described the encounter as very real and visceral, not metaphorical at all. In quotes, I had just been on stage. It was a good show. I was high on the love and applause from the crowd. I was outside lighting a cigarette, thinking about snorting or scoring some more cocaine. I was aching for more, more of everything. I just wanted to feel good, feel anything. Then this man, a strangely ageless man in a suit, spoke to me. He was leaning against the wall smoking, and he said to me, I think you've got what it takes. Do you want it? I asked what it was. I thought he was coming on to me, but he smiled and said, Everything. Success, fame, riches, power. Do you want it all? I looked at him curiously. I couldn't work him out. Then he just stood there and sang one of the songs from my routine earlier. It was otherworldly. I stared at him like he was a dark jewel dredged up from the deepest ocean. 
I got down on my knees and asked him who I should praise. I looked him right in the eye and told him I wanted it all. I told him I'd do anything. According to the show's production staff, these interview scenes were excluded from the final cut. Another interesting interview scene that was said to have been removed in the final editing was Gaga recalling to meet a Catholic priest to perform an exorcism on her. All right. So to close us out today, we are going to look at opera.news, where they have an article, Do Musicians and Celebrities Really Sell Their Souls to the Devil for Fortune and Fame? by Job One, written two years ago. All right, let's jump into it. Yes, they do. There are many artists and entertainers who have sold their soul for fame and fortune. Almost everyone who, who, as far as we view as idols for us to look up to and emulate, are involved in these evil practices. It's no longer even hidden in their works, but displayed openly for everyone to participate in these occult rituals with them. Not only that, but it's also freely spoken of in the music these people produce as well. Here's a few examples before we de dig deeper into this topic. Kanye West. I've sold my soul to the devil. I know it's a crappy deal. At least it came with a few toys, like a Happy Meal. Eminem. I sold my soul to the devil. I'll never get it back. I just want to leave this game with the level head intact. Eminem also goes by the name Rain Man now, which is especially powerful demonic entity, and even has a song about it titled Rain Man. See, that's what I was talking about. DMX, just listen to the Omen song, songs on his album, where he's talking to the demon Dayman, and also there's another demon he interacts with, named Mickey. Kurt Cobain states that he just wants to get stoned and worship Satan. Elton John stated that he only writes songs in witch language. Naj can wear a dress made of stuffed animals and call her followers Barbies. All things that attract little girls, then hop on the stage at an award show while rapping about men's dick sizes to a sample of Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. These shows are promoted to and watched the world over by young girls who idolize Nikki for her character at the direction of the mainstream media that, that deifies Nicki Minaj as a paragon of unflinching, unapologetic femininity and women's empowerment. Look at the way the minds of these entertainers begin to shift when they become superstars. Kanye West, for example, calls himself Yeezus, proclaims boldly that he is God, similar to Jay-Z who calls himself Hova, a word play on Jehovah. This mindset can only be gained by knowledge of the occult. <laughs> and I interject, or a narcissist, where you essentially learn that you are the master of your own destiny and therefore your own God. We also look at people like Lady Gaga, who just recently came out speaking against the entertainment industry exposing them for attempting to control every aspect of an artist's life. Even mentioned, albeit subliminally, that there is a hidden agenda behind what we see and hear that the stars do and say. 
Little Zahn, who is a celebrity personality stating that they could have zero control of their lives while being under the watchful eye of the entertainment industry handlers. Moving on, it should be stated that not everyone is presented with the opportunity to sell their soul, and most of the people who seek to sell their soul aren't able to. The ones who are presented with this opportunity are chosen based on a predetermined and unknown factors. Although one thing can be said of all of them that we see, they know how to draw a devout following. These quotes that they used from the actual celebrities are real, um, where they admit to some of them, and some of them, I believe, do it in kind of a sarcastic way. Um, you know, like Lady Gaga admitting to worshiping Satan. Lady Gaga is a fierce ally for the LGBT community. Aside from the spooky paranormal, I do believe that there are rich, evil men and women out there that make up the Illuminati that definitely buy and sell fame and riches to these people, <laughs> you know, in exchange for crazy, insane, selling your soul to the devil type of things. So I'm not saying that that does not happen. I am saying that based on history, looking at all the people accused of witchcraft or selling their soul to the devil, usually because their light is shining more than other people's, and that makes people look down on them for what they have or the abilities that they have. So whether it is that they're meeting up at the crossroads to sell their soul for uh, talent or power, whatever have you, or the fact that that may not be the case in most cases of selling your soul to the devil. While I do find the one about the priest uh, getting exercised twice <laughs> and still dying on the spot after the second one, like that makes me pause. But a lot of these, such as the Salem Witch Trials and, you know, the really good musician with the violin and everything, Pagini, Paganini or whatever, I think those were cases of just, you know, superstitious society saying this is not the norm. I say all this to say, take all of this with a grain of salt so that we don't repeat history and demonize people for, you know, great accomplishments or, you know, achieving what they wanted out of life or fame and success and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the conspiracy theorist inside of me loves the idea. <laughs> Doesn't love the idea, but like thinks that this idea is true of there being awful people in the music industry and the entertainment industry itself that sure they might not worship an actual deity named satan but they're corrupt nonetheless <laughs> offering people to go higher in their career i absolutely believe that kind of stuff happens and i believe there's a bunch of ritualistic stuff that may go with it that is very true i believe that actually does happen and even thinking about whenever uh, Jim Carrey came on the Jimmy Kimmel show that one time and he kept doing that triangle 
with his tongue out over his mouth and he kept making that symbol and jimmy kimball was like what are you doing and jim carrey's like oh don't act like you have like you're not one of them too you know what this symbol is and he was insinuating you know like it's the illuminati it's the you know the the all laughing uh tongue or whatever and you just think about all these people doing the triangle or covering one eye all those kind of things it's it's suspicious <laughs> like on the one hand why would they put all that out for public consumption if they wanted it to remain private or on the other hand are they cocky enough to be like yeah make this public they can't touch us either way it's a little alarming and a little scary so i digress uh thank you again for listening to the show uh, be sure to join us on the Facebook page at Paranormal Stories Spooky Shiz. And then it's got an arrow. And then I have PS Spooky Shiz as the new title. But you can find us on there on the Facebook page. I share a spooky meme daily. And also any stories you guys submit show up there first. So it's a great way to connect with me. Send me your story for future episodes. And with that, stay spooky, my friends. And don't sell your soul.